0: so what i would love to know from you well i guess first of all um do you like to go by michael mike or eagle it's it's an it's an interesting and
1: understandable question um what i can say is for me it's always interesting to see what people choose i don't I don't have a preference. I, I truly do not. So I love to let people choose for their for themselves because that seems to yield a lot of interesting things. So I'll turn the question to you, James. What would you like to call me? I'm going to call
0: you Eagle because all right. I don't very often get to call a human being Eagle. I think that's. <laughs> I mean, you got a cool ass name. Okay. You got a let's let's use it, man. <laughs> all right. Well, I, I
1: appreciate that. It's nice to chat with you.
0: Yeah. Thanks for doing this. Um, so first of all, I'd like just kind of a like a simple kind of kind of uh biopic you know tell me about where where you're from what got you interested in drumming in general and maybe in particular in the world of pipe band drumming um you know i kind of kind of what's what's been your musical path but also you know interesting stuff about you take me back to the uh to the young baby eagle just hatching out of his egg
1: gotcha okay well um Brevity is not my strong suit, but I'll do my best to give some highlights, at least as it is on the top of my head now. I, I am a, I am a, an educator. I'm a musician, and and I'm an entrepreneur. Um, I've I've committed my life to learning about music and about helping other people learn and discover music. I have I have a firm belief that um, uh, life is improved with music, and everyone. Uh, deserves equal access and opportunity in it, no matter what they choose for an instrument or a style or what they choose with it. And I feel like that I've been equally blessed with many advantages and disadvantages in trying to uh, just simply be proficient at music. And even when I found that it was something I wanted to commit my life to and, and try to make it a career, uh, I was still presented, I think, with some some again unique opportunities that helped me out, and some pretty unique challenges that I had to overcome. And so, I wanted to make anyone else who came after me, no matter what their ages, no matter what their musical goals are, I was always committed to making their path much easier and more fun than my own. Yeah, and so. Yeah, and so what what that is yielded now is I'm now the co-founder and CEO of Rhythm Monster, which is an online educational platform that specializes in niche areas of drumming and percussion. And we have a single primary product line at the moment, and that is Scottish Pipe Band Drumming and we, we deliver three primary things, and that's exposure, education, and experiences in music online. I'm also the founder and owner of the Studio at Beaver Mill, which is a new and exciting venture of mine that's, that's totally a byproduct of the COVID era. Uh, it is this enormous developed studio space in the heart of the Berkshires, which is where I live, and uh, it is a community center and also the home of rhythm monster this is where my office is set up and this is where we intend to do live shoots and live events in the future now so now i'm over uh here
0: in utah you hear you say berkshires and the only reference that i really have in my mind is rockabye sweet baby james by james taylor
1: (laughs) ah that's a great reference james taylor who is a berkshire native of course so that's a great reference yeah one of my favorite songs yeah. Well, I mean, you know, just to, you know, to clear up any confusion, you know, me and me and my partner, my gal Allison, you know, we have lived a very transient life the past decade or so. Uh, we, we both get to travel all over the world for our respective companies and, and, and endeavors, which has been very cool. But our home has always been in New York City. And she has always had a place up here in the Berkshires, but since you know COVID has turned the world upside down, perhaps especially in New York City, that was clearly not the place to be. So I actually had to let go one of my beloved music studios in Brooklyn uh, to set up camp here in the Berkshires, just because COVID made it way too taxing. Mm-hmm. And and again, it has yielded this beautiful new business venture and this vision I've always had for Rhythm Monster, which is well, I need I need an office a office not just you know a room in my home and I need a place to Uh, to house artists and to have shoots and to have live experiences. And so having this business opportunity advances Rhythm Monster, just like I'd envisioned from the beginning and has given me another line to help uh, reach out and connect and serve the community here in Northwestern Massachusetts. So Mm. yes, we are in the Berkshires right now, but we still have a place in New York City. We will definitely be back there when the world gets back to normal and we will definitely get back to globetrotting all over the place as well to continue the good work of Rhythm Monster. just to have fun meeting other musicians and discovering other cultures
0: around the world. Yeah. Now, one of the things that you that Rhythm Monster has put out is these um, making the grade uh, like video series. Yeah. I really like those a lot. Is there is there is the idea? Well, is more content like that coming specifically with this uh, this new venture of yours? Like having a space where you can shoot, you know, people people talking, people playing, etc. You know, kind of concert series, kind of stuff, things like that.
1: Right. Well, that's a great question. And and thank you for the interest. I'm glad you're enjoying the Making the Grade series. I I think that this latest series that we're in the middle of uh, dripping out right now, which is Making the Grade uh, Police Scotland Fife, I, I think that is easily the best thing we have made so far we we strive with every new series we come out with whether it's instructional making the greater pad lab we want it to be the best thing we've ever made and and typically we achieve that absolutely the five series has just raised the bar so thank you for your interest in that i i certainly uh, anyone who's interested in um, hearing from inspiring people and learning about interesting ways to accomplish great things—I mean, the the five series does that tremendously. I think. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, They're, but does they're this, really great. Really, oh, they I really, really are, are, man. I mean, they are—they are, they are truly inspiring people. They—they they make you want to do more and to do better. Yep. Right. They really do. It, it, they don't. You know, if your ambition is to go out and win trophies, sure, they're going to make you work harder to win trophies. But beyond that, they—they they make you just want to be better. Yeah. whatever that means to you. And, and that, that is, uh, man, it's just such a refreshing thing to see from uh, such a collective of successful people. So yeah, I, I couldn't be more honored to work with them to create the series to work with the, with the monster team to produce. And I'm so glad you're enjoying it. Does the studio play into the making the grade series? Not really because the making the grade series is all about bringing you uh into the rehearsal halls and into the homes of these astounding monster musicians, mm, right? Yeah, it kind of takes you across. Yeah, that, that, that makes yeah, sense because, like, the first it, one I watched was that hall one. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, how often do you get to go hang out with Gordon Brown and Tom Brown? Yeah. Right? I mean, most people will not have that opportunity, and we want to give you that opportunity. We, I mean, because everyone deserves. To to hang out with Tom and Gordon and Stevie and all those other wonderful people in Bog Hall But the reality is most people don't have that opportunity don't have that lifestyle, etc It's not that they couldn't but they've chosen other things globe Globetrot to learn, you know to learn from drummers. Yeah. So the making the grade series is more about us bringing uh, the real life of real monster musicians to you so you can learn from them what you will because everyone's got different musical goals, right? Um, the studio, the studio of Beaver Mill, I feel is more for our instructional series. Oh, at sure. At the moment, yeah. yeah, at the moment, Rhythm Monster has, I, I want to say we have a little over a thousand classes posted right now, all told. And every single one of them uh, 99 90 something percent of them we went there we went to canada we went to other places in the states we went to scotland we went to france whatever to create to shoot capture and create this content um when we start bringing artists to us here at the studio i think it's going to be more about just straight up instructional series where we bring monster drummers here to our place to teach Right. And we help direct them and and curate a really awesome experience for them so they can basically feel like they're doing a workshop or they're doing a private lesson. But they're doing it here in our house and we can shoot them and then and just make everything quicker. Um, and then, of course, same thing with PadLab series. PadLab is our uh, our first original educational tool. Yeah, that's exactly that we what built I was in gonna house. ask you about. Yeah, right? it's man, it, don't, it, don't get me wrong
0: the the content in there. I've only just begun exploring it, and it's it's amazing content. But I can imagine that like having a studio space would be really nice to continue creating more content that'll have really consistent look, really consistent like equipment already installed and always there, that kind of stuff.
1: I think so. Yeah, you know, uh, I, I believe that the way we have organized Rhythm Monsters efforts. Uh, To date has been built around portability. We want to be able to pack up and go anywhere in the world. And I think that even when the world gets back to normal, even when we start flying artists to us here, we're still going to be globetrotters. So will we have a rig here at the studio and another rig that's portable? I mean, I honestly don't know. Maybe. Um, You know, will it be easier to bring artists here and to shoot things here? In some cases, yes, but in some cases, probably no. And again, I I think that there is this delicate balance to provide the exposure, education, and experiences we want to create for people. There's a balance of basically in-house and out of house, if you will. So when we're shooting PadLab content specifically, I actually think it's pretty cool that every artist or every drummer you see in PadLab, it's a different scene and we wanted that scene to be very chill, right? We wanted to capture people in their homes or in a normal domestic environment because that's where we all grow. That's where we all learn. Yeah, that's where we this practice, the name, right? That's, it's where we practice yeah. and that's how we improve exactly. I mean, this is why we called the tool Pad Lab. It's a drum pad laboratory, right? And, and it, we really have to stop and think about how much time we spend on a pad versus how much time we spend on a drum or more to the point, how much time do we spend practicing? versus how much time do we spend on the stage or in the circle or wherever. Yeah. And man, we're talking about a 99.99% you know, to .01, something like that. So when we were building PadLab, again, which is this digital tool that gives you all the functionality to, to use video media and drum scores to manipulate things the way you want to learn that drum score. It's the ultimate drum score learning tool. When we were envisioning this, we said, this is not gonna be as impactful if we get people performing. You know, we, we put out these really cool videos of all the best pipe band drum chords in the world from Scotland each year. That's called our Monster Drum Corps Series that provides the exposure that I mentioned. And we do all that for free, right? Happily, we do that for free because the world needs to know just how awesome pipe band drumming is. And But we thought about if we took that same content of a full, you know, the best drum chords in the world and put it into pad lab. It's not like that can't work. It's not like you then can't learn those scores along with those cores, but it's just not gonna be the same as if you had one of those drummers on a drum pad and he or she is wearing a headset you can isolate the audio recordings between the pad and the bam you can slow the tempo down speed it up etc it's a much more realistic experience that is more applicable to you at home on your drum pad or on your table to learn then with that person rather than from that person, Uh, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So does any of that necessarily have to do with the studio? I mean, I certainly hope it helps us to shoot with even greater efficiency in the future. Uh, But um, what we shoot here, I think is going to be more about instructional series and pad lab footage will be a wonderful byproduct of that. And I think making the grade is going to be more about
0: us going to them. Sure. Absolutely. Well, you know, and I, I wouldn't have thought I wouldn't have been able to put it so eloquently or, you know, like I, I'm not, I'm not behind this thought process. Of course you are, but it makes a lot of sense as I'm sitting here looking at the website right now. I, like I see the Grant Cassidy instructor series mm-hmm. and I notice that Grant Cassidy is set up in front of a couch in like a, a living room setting. And it's like, oh yeah, this is a, a detail that might've only registered for me until you pointed it out on a subconscious level. But the truth is, as I'm watching this, I will be sitting on my couch, and it will feel different than if I was watching him in a sterile environment. That is precisely right, my man. Look, in in
1: my opinion, one of the things that is to the great detriment of many pipe bands and pipe band instructors, small and large, is the formality and the fussiness.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's born from a very military tradition, right? It
1: is. Like Like all rudimental drumming, yes, of course it is. Um, And while, of course, some of us are striving for that very formal and fussy environment of being in the circle and doing all the traditional things, that's all well and good. It's beautiful. But that's not all that it is. And that is the product, not the process. The process is at home, right? The process is how you figure out making the time and the headspace and the heart space, if you will, to practice enough and to absorb enough to be in that formal and fussy environment eventually.
0: Yeah, that, that makes sense. I mean, I, I don't yeah. put on a feather bonnet to play my bagpipes at home, so. Precisely, my man. And, you know, uh, the the pipe band world, yes, is,
1: is, is very conservative, it's very traditional, and there's a lot of beauty and nuance in that. This is why Rhythm Monster chose pipe band drumming and pipe band music as its first product line. Um, but again, I contest that there's so much more that has been done with that music, and just think what what some of us could do either with this music or with this music's inspiration if we didn't feel that there were so many rules, if we weren't so confined. Uh, Imagine what wonderful things could happen in the circle, on the concert stage, even just in our own band halls and homes interacting with each other. Oh, and so yeah. for all those reasons, when Rhythm Monster captures, we're going for the opposite of all that. We're going for real life. I mean, when you see the Reed Maxwell series, for example, we are in Reed Maxwell's basement in his home. When we shot um, Uh, Grant Maxwell, we went to the little community movie theater in his condo complex. Mm. And when you see certain series, like you mentioned Grant Cassidy, uh, that's a perfect example of how we operate Uh, when we go somewhere, whether it's Scotland, France, Malaysia, Australia, wherever we Airbnb a home and we make sure the home is big enough where we have a dedicated bedroom for each team member and we have a large enough space, usually in the living room, to basically turn it into a studio. And we make it feel very domestic, very normal, just like you would be if you were chilling at home on your channel or on your drum pad. We yeah. specifically cultivate a very normal domestic environment because that is, in fact, how we learn.
0: Oh, well, that makes a lot of sense. It, it, it does occur to me that, like, I, I like, I think that what we, we both, I think we both are of the same opinion probably, though correct me if I'm wrong, that there is value and 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 nuance and beauty in the very regimented, very, very stiff, very, oh, of course. very like this is absolutely the way it must be because when it's done right, it's amazing. It and, is. And so to Truly. say that pushing the envelope and doing things differently or in a more relaxed way is also good isn't to say it is exclusively good and saying that, you know, the, the military style is no longer good. It's that both are good and and uh, let's see both. You know, both are great.
1: I, I think that's put very well and this this seems to be, you know. Uh, This is an interesting byproduct of the pipe band community uniquely, I think, Um, you know, my I think that my interest in music and drumming is truly rooted in culture, because I really believe that a, um, a culture is reflective of the music it produces and vice versa. Music and culture reflect one another. And there is something about the, you know, the the traditional British, if not specifically Scottish culture that seems to yield even to this day. There is no such thing as either or. It's very binary. You're black, you're white, it's on this side or it's on that side, it's one thing or the other. Yeah. They could not both possibly coexist. Yeah, a system and of I absolutes. Think, it is a system, it's a binary system of absolutes. That's exactly right. It's either a one or a zero, there is no other way. You're either over here, or you're over there. And, and I think that, the, that this ideology is ultimately what leads to a lot of the problems. Because what does every band, like we're largely talking to North Americans here, right? What does every band in North America struggle with? Recruitment, retention, and revenue. Amen. Right? Every single band struggles with that. And I guarantee you that the root cause of those being persistent issues with your program is rooted somewhat Not exclusively, but somewhat in that binary thinking that you have learned from another pipe band or another organization that has achieved success maybe in their culture um, and have worked around those things. But there's something binary going on that it has to be this way. It cannot possibly be another way or we can't possibly have both. And that just ultimately isn't attractive to most people. It doesn't work. With the 21st century person, let alone those of us who naturally gravitate to other musicians,
0: mm, Yeah. right? It there might, is it might be a, a way to do that. It might be a bit of a leap for me to say this, but it does it does bring to my mind uh, when Princess Leia said to uh, I think it was Grand Moff Tarkin she said something like "The tighter you clench your fist, the more star systems slip through your fingers." My goodness, a little bit is that like, a beautiful <laughs> reference. I think it works pretty well because it's like the the tighter and smaller the box is that we're trying to fit our our potential recruits into. Well, the fewer will retain. Basically, you know, it's just. My goodness, I am totally gonna use that reference and cite you for it. Oh, that go was ahead, yeah, beautiful. Yeah. I mean, you know, cite me, cite uh, you know anybody <laughs> else who was like a writer on the Star Wars film, sure. But you know, <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs>
1: no, man, that it, it is really well said. You know, there is, there there seems to be kind of a pipe band playbook, and uh, certainly that playbook has led to. A lot of wonderful musicians, wonderful music, wonderful programs, the whole thing. But it's not the only playbook, and I dare say that that playbook doesn't work for, I will use the word, most people, especially I can say for North America. right? Mm, yeah. being, being a North American um, who who has studied and spent time with a lot of other cultures around the world and, and who has is, who is taught in hundreds of public schools and universities across these great United States. I I mean, I can definitely say that if you're on board with the idea of change, that what we do today has got to be different from tomorrow because we're striving to be better, then you're, you're gonna figure it out for you and your community and your program. But if you're not one with that, if you are one with the ideology of no, it's always been done this way, so it must continue that way or it's wrong, I have a feeling you're going to continue struggling with recruitment, retention, and revenue, especially if you're a pipe band. People are changing, and we need to change with it, and that's how we solve those problems.
0: Yeah, I, I can't help but think of uh, I, you know, I just just last night I got the second book of Gordon Duncan's tunes, Ooh, awesome. and so I'm thinking about him anyway. And he stands out in my mind, I think, probably for everybody. The reason he's such a huge deal, is, like, of mm. course, he's an amazing musician, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. he did both things really well. He did yeah. the traditional styles. He, he defined them. You know, he, he did yeah. them so well, so accurately, so perfectly. But he also did things that nobody else had ever done. You know, he, he pushed the envelope. He played styles that other people had never played. He tuned his bagpipes in ways other yeah. people weren't doing it, you know. And Fred Morrison comes to mind as well, you know. Oh, yeah. When you see his tunes being played in a competition circle now, it's like, wow, that's amazing. Also, I cannot imagine this happening 20 years ago. Like, it wouldn't have been, like, allowed to happen, you know what I mean? Um, It's
1: it's so true. And again, those two guys are just, you know, two beautiful examples of... You know it doesn't have to be either or you're either this musician or you're that musician you play that way or you play that way no i mean you can do both and and this is really what i think is you know an important message i am certainly not saying that what we do in the circle is outdated and bad and wrong or any of that stuff No, no 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 what i'm saying is that is the product that product is wonderful needs to be celebrated needs to be shared But how we go about creating that product must change.
0: Yeah, I I wouldn't want anybody listening to misunderstand you or or myself in any way. We're not saying that the traditional things are bad. They're wonderful. Mm -hmm.
1: Traditional things are awesome. Yeah. That's true. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, totally. Now, I am curious, though, uh, where we're looking at pipe band drumming as sort of Rhythm Monster's first line of products, Mm -hmm. um, is the Rhythm Monster sort of trajectory following your personal interests in drumming as well like are we kind of like is this kind of how it went in your life as well you encountered percussion and kind of your first or strongest love was pipe band drumming and that's kind of why it was your first go-to for rhythm monster and then but you've also played other styles and other instruments etc
1: right so one question about rhythm monster and another question about me so is does rhythm monsters um, trajectory and business model follow the pursuits of Michael Eagle? Not at all. Um, is it influenced by my personal musical pursuits? Of course. Sure. Why shouldn't it be? Yeah. Yeah. What ultimately decides what we make is our monster drumming community. When you come into our community, when, when you trust us, um, to to service you with the exposure education and experiences that we claim, we we are now obligated to you, right? So if we hear from the growing number of people we only want pipe band stuff, well then we're just gonna keep doing pipe band stuff. We're also gonna keep keep providing you with these other things as well. Because to the point we we're making, you know, before, I really think that if if a pipe band drummer, let's say, no matter what level you're at, if a pipe band drummer said, honestly, I want to be a better pipe band drummer. Eagle, what do you think I should do? My opinion is, and this isn't the only thing you can do, but an idea would be try another style of drumming. Do something else. If you learn a little bit of kit, a little bit of cajon, a little bit of djembe, a little bit of American drumming, I promise, when you come back to pipe band drumming, you will be better. You will be better in a way that no one in the world has ever been better, because no one else is you. Yeah, and I don't care what level you're at. And I, I have, I have, I have tried to share this message with with American audiences, which I'll, I'll speak more about here in a moment, because the American. audience. Uh, music communities. So we're talking what we would say in the industry, B band and orchestra. So every public school and university and community has bands and they're either concert bands, string orchestras and or marching bands. That is an enormous community of, a mu- of musicians that is centered around the United States. That enormous clump of musicians barely has any idea that so many other wonderful worlds of music exist and pipe bands is a huge example. And while over here in the States, in Western art society of which I am a product, we obsess over the hardcore concert snare drumming hardcore drum set playing in hardcore American marching a la DCI, WGI, DCA, VOA, etc. And I've been a part of all of these as a player and a composer and teacher and all that stuff. And I've always said to these American drummers, first of all, you need to realize one of these days you're going to wake up, you're going to be 23 and you're not going to get to do any of that stuff anymore, which is a bummer, but that's okay because you have other options. One of those options, believe it or not, is pipe
0: bands. Yeah. yeah I would be like your first option ought to be just because our band is currently very desperate for drummers. So plug, <laughs> right? plug, 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 plug. <laughs> uh, I exactly, man.
1: And um, you know, I really do think, just like I said, of pipe band drummers, you want to be a better pipe band drummer? Try another style of drumming. I promise you'll come back better. Hey, American drummer, do you want to make Allstate this year? Do you want to make the DCI cut? Do you want to make the winter line this year? Try some pipe band drumming, I promise you'll be better. Hey, American drummer, did you just age out of all that? You're 23 or 24 and you miss all the diddles and the dancing and everything else we do? Man, I get it, that's a huge bummer. And you can always pat it home and you can roast your chops on Instagram and that's cool. But over here is a style of drumming that's as virtuosic as any other, that will allow you to travel all over the world to compete or to, or to perform and you can play it the rest of your life.
0: Yeah, and, and not to mention, you can retain that sense of community because you'll be able to get together yes. with a group and play together, and there's something special about that.
1: It is, man. And, you know, look, having marched DCI, I marched snare drum for Phantom Regiment for two years, and, it, I mean, it was one of the most transformative things of my entire life. I, I am so grateful for that experience. And I remember being on the finals field, and we did all the ceremonial things that, that we do when you age out and all of that, and I remember thinking, man, I'm, I'm just now kind of getting like i know the snare drum pretty well i am just now starting to feel like i'm coming into my own and can fit in with the line and do all these other things right we were good right we finished i don't know top five in drums i finished top five top six in solos and all that stuff but i didn't feel like i had reached a destination i felt like man i'm i'm just starting to get pointed in the right direction now you're telling me i don't get to do this anymore right you're just getting it and it's over right i just killed myself for years To be able to do this thing and now i'm done that sucks and honestly this was one of the things that i think pulled me to pipe band drumming because i i had a very common story i i had a little local band in the united states that wasn't good i was being you know the people that uh were trying doing their best god bless these people doing their best to tell me about the activity they were know-it-alls and they no one could teach them anything they'd been in it for years and they knew everything right and
0: we, we do and end up doing that, don't we? That's, it, a, that's it, a pretty common problem. It
1: happens, man. There's the, That in and of itself is kind of an interesting psychological occurrence in this country. But I digress. Um, these lovely people were trying to help me understand, you know, what this pipe band activity was all about. I recognized very quickly. Uh, I don't know what this is. Seems pretty hard. Okay, I'm interested, and these folks don't really know what it is. This can't be it. Mm-hmm. And then, then I have a lot of the common stories, I suppose, of 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 that period of time. This would be the early 2000s. Uh, went to my first competition, saw a grade three band that knew what they were doing. Whoa. whoa yeah. Then you're like, oh danger. wait a minute. Dang. Hang on a second. That's not anything you guys were talking about. This is good. And then, uh, then I went to my first winter storm, and then it was just game over. Yeah. Because sure it, it was. Big. <laughs> you then at winterstorm that point in time you know you had everyone all of them were there every single world class, Pipe Band, Drummer and Piper were all there. The concerts were ridiculously long. We literally stayed up until the sun come up at Wintersteam every night. That was some precious golden years with the faculty and the people they had at Winterstorm. I love the MHAF people so much. I cannot wait to get back and working with them at Winterstorm. Storm. So uh, I went to Winter Storm, I saw the Kilpatricks, the Reed Maxwells, the Tyler Fries, I saw all of them. And then it was just, oh, oh, this is over, okay. I need to do this now and it wasn't a I need to make a career out of this it's it was nothing like that it was this is an art form that I love it speaks to me as a musician it speaks to the physicality that I see just in my body and as a musician right and oh my goodness I, I there's no age out to this that's phenomenal yeah and when you learn just a little bit about it when you're in a room with Eric Ward or Gordon Brown or any of these guys and you get just the smallest inkling of of their decades of expertise and love for this activity like it seeps in you it soaks in you and even if you can't do it just right just yet you're inspired to keep moving and then more to the point I keep coming back to then when you go back to drum set or then when you go back to your concert snare drum, or perhaps even when you go back to your guitar, your trombone, whatever, there's something there that wasn't there previously, right? And I don't think you can have that sort of growth without ha- having people like that that are just absolute experts expand
0: your horizons musically, emotionally, etc. Yeah, that, I think that makes a lot of sense. I think that's probably applicable to all kinds of things, drumming and otherwise, you know? kind of. I this- think so. I, I don't think it's uncommon at all to find like really high level professional musicians who play other instruments that you never would have guessed because they just do it for their own enjoyment, sort of sort of in the background, or they have other hobbies, totally. you know, woodworking, painting, whatever it may be. Uh, yes,
1: yeah, absolutely, ma'am. And here again is is an interesting difference in. The culture of pipe band musicians, people who are solely and only dedicated to pipe band music, and people who grow up in Western art society. And again, by Western art society, I don't mean anything hoity-toity. I went to a rinky-dinky you've never heard of, would never find on a map town in Arkansas, and graduated from a class of 86 strong. You know, went to my state college. Yeah, I mean, I'm from teeny-tiny town Arkansas. You know, it was exciting those days. We just discovered electricity and the internet. It was was good times, right? So... We, um, you know, there, there's a way to go through this path of Western art society that leads you to discover a lot of things. And this is a, a beautiful quality of, of the art system in the United States. And I know we rag on it all the time and that's justified, but we have a, a plentiful and diverse system of, of musical experiences that young people get to go through with, without batting an eye. Just being able to, to do concert bands and marching bands through the age of 18, wow. Is that an enormous growing experience just as a person, let alone a musician? So if you decide, okay, I really dig that stuff. i want to do a little bit more. It's boundless the more, the competitions and the regionals and the states and the, the, all these things. Then you want to take it to the next step and you want to do it at the collegiate level. There's even more opportunities. And as a drummer, you can't be a drummer. You have to be a percussionist, an actual percussionist. The difference is a drummer plays a drum, a style of drumming. A percussionist knows a great, great many styles of drumming and percussion. And even in a concert band, I mean, think about it. you got to learn concert snare drum, bass drum cymbals, triangle, tambourine, timpani, marimba, xylophone, vibraphone, all that stuff. You, have to, be a, you yeah. have to be very proficient in all those. So even without escaping Western art society, percussionists have to learn a lot. And even, this is my last comment here, even if you take it to the collegiate level and you either want to take some music classes or you want to be a music major, most of those folks, James, still have no idea that pipe bands exist. And that's not okay because pipe bands are awesome. Pipe band music is unlike any other music in the world. And as I keep saying, if you try it just a little bit, you will be better at whatever it is you do here in Western art society.
0: So it seems like the, the the wisdom here is like you know if you're if you're outside of pipe band, maybe the one one of the hoped for byproducts of the existence of Rhythm Monster and your efforts is to make pipe band a known option to people who don't otherwise know about it. But also by the same token, people who are entirely in the pipe band community and maybe want to improve within that community, they might go on a bit of a musical hero's journey, as, as it were and explore other kinds of music as well, other styles of drumming or just totally, you know, completely other different things.
1: You're, you're nailing it, man. You know, I, of the many things I think Rhythm Monster can do to positively impact this planet, it's to help bridge different cultures, to help pipe band folks understand DCI folks a little bit better, to help drum set players have a more positive impression of what pipe band drumming is or could be in their lives, right? To be rid of the binary dogmatic funnel vision that we all would naturally get if we never looked outside our own world. And I know that our pipe band world to pipe band people can seem very vast. Oh, it's worldwide. There's people all over the planet that travel to Scotland every year. It's a very multicultural place. It, it, it's not. <laughs> it really isn't. <laughs> it's very focused. It's very singular. And because of that, we have this rich tradition uh, that most uh, music cultures don't have. And that is amazing. And it need not go anywhere. Right. And if, if, if I were to represent what I'm saying on a more specific scale, let's take the the composite uh, competition formats we currently have MSRs and medleys. Yeah. In my opinion, don't even talk to me about touching that MSR. That thing is awesome. It doesn't need to go anywhere. The MSR is gold. It's beautiful. Um, I, I don't know of a thing as, as uh, sacred as that set of music is, in my opinion, it should not be tampered with. The medley, I, I can summarize by saying I feel the opposite about it. I think that's where we can grow. And, and I and I think that if we zoom out with that perspective, but we have some things we need to encapsulate and keep, and we have other things maybe we need to be more progressive about. I, I, I think that if we viewed our, our whole involvement of the activity, we could then have some fresh ideas of how to maintain and respect the past but move forward and attract new people for the future
0: yeah yeah well i mean i think that there there's some pretty well thought out sort of schools of thought that would suggest that the best way to preserve something is precisely by injecting it with new things um doesn't mean doesn't mean everything's got to change right doesn't doesn't mean we're you know changing
1: the entire fabric of the activity but some of it yeah could, yeah, could stand a change
0: I, I think I th- I think it's at least credited to Picasso though I'm not sure if he actually said it it might have been a different painter but uh, somebody who did something sort of abstract or cubism or something like that it's mm, something mm-hmm. to do with like you have to know the rules and be really good at them first before you can break them in the right way oh yeah
1: my, my goodness is that ever true I mean I I definitely hear that and understand that loud and clear yes you know uh, and, and I think it's I think it just depends on what you're trying to do, right? If you're a drum set player, let's say, if you're just looking for cool things to you know, to improve your hands, give yourself a little bit of a different swing. You just need a different flavor going on, right? Do you then need to join a local pipe band? Uh, The answer is maybe, depends on where you live. It depends on what your lifestyle is. It depends what what the focus of the band is. I mean, certainly James, you and I are always gonna say yes. Yeah, this is where I interject and say, yes, you definitely, (laughs) absolutely should. (laughs) You certainly, certainly should, exactly right. But that doesn't mean that the, you know, drum set players hear me here. Should you join your local pipe band? Yeah. gonna get what they want but local drum set players should you go into that local pipe band and act like you know everything that's going on because your hands are really awesome and you're gonna change the world that? Nah, not nah no 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 just just go in and follow all the crazy rules do all the things that you think are silly and I promise you'll see the beauty in it sooner than later mm. right and pipe yeah. band guys same thing you go out in the world you try some other stuff and just just check it out you know yeah. just, just you know uh, Soak it up and, and experience before you start formulating opinions about things.
0: Yeah, stay curious, right? Stay curious, yes. Yeah. Now, now, to kind of zoom this concept in, I'm curious if you mm-hmm. have, um, have you, Eagle, yourself, either personally or have you seen in other people, value to pipers and drummers cross-training? By which I mean a piper learning a drum, a drummer learning how to play pipes, even if they don't take it all the way to competition level.
1: yes. Um, and if we were to zoom in one further step, you know, uh, a, a very consistent message I've heard from every grade one lead drummer we've ever worked with um, has been in our program, tenor and bass drummers always start out on snare. Everyone starts out on snare. And it's so we can speak the same language. And you get a, a, you know, just more of a workout with your hands. You get the same physical development and music development. So everyone starts at snare before we start progressing a few years later. Then we decide, okay, here's our mid and bass section, and these cats over here stay as snares, right? So that's been a super solid and consistent message. And even if you are an adult learner who just enjoys the flourishing aspect of tenor drumming, if you really want to improve and be, less stress, less anxiety, have more fun with whatever it is you're doing. I promise learning a little bit of snare drum is going to help you achieve that. Now, if we were to zoom out to where you just asked about, James, you know, could the same be said for pipers and drummers and drummers and pipers? Of course, of course it could. And I know that the challenge a lot of people are thinking is probably, well, where's the time for that? I barely have time to learn my own sets, let alone try to pick up the chanter, pick up some snare drum sticks. I get that, and I really do, and certainly we all have to prioritize. We have to decide how we're gonna spend the precious amount of time that we have together. But then you really just have to ask yourself and your band, well, what are we doing here, right? What, yeah. what is the point of our organization? What are we trying to achieve this year or this half of the decade? Why, why are we here and what, what is the point of everything we're doing, right? Because if you decide, for example, our goal is to constantly be improving, and to make good music that everyone can enjoy at the parades, make a few bucks, maybe have a concert here and there. And maybe when we're feeling a little roasty and toasty, we'll do a competition, right? You, you can still make a little bit of time for drumming for your pipers and piping for your drummers and everyone will be better for it. If you are a grade five, grade four band, And you say, we are not very good right now, but we are hellbound set and committed to being a competitive band. We would like to be a competitive grade three band within five years. Okay, well, there's a lot of uh, community centric things that you really have to ask yourselves and, and be very strategic about planning. What you do with your community will not be replicated in another community. And then you should still though make time for your soon to be competitive drummers to have a base understanding of piping and vice versa, right? Yeah. That does not mean that that cannot happen. You cannot be competitive without it. Of course, we're not speaking in binary here, but will you be better? Will the pipers feel more connected with the fuzz ca that they hear? Yes. Mm-hmm. Will the drummers be able to actually hear a melody, really be able to have it ingrained the way that we like to often talk and seldom walk? Of course, of course. Sometimes that means drummers pick up the chanter, pipers pick up the sticks, but there's other ways to accomplish this. You can watch videos together and have different conversations. You can kind of analyze and pick apart CDs and and with the pipers only talk about the drumming and vice versa. There's other ways to get the instruments to be more gelled together and more understanding of one another than simply picking up the other person's instruments.
0: Mm yeah, I feel like I've had just a taste of that when one of my closest friends who'd been a piper with me for for years and years and years picked up the snare. I just ended up hearing snare a lot more because I'd be you know, sitting by him at practice yeah. and stuff like that. And I remember a natural thing. right? I, I, I remember the specific practice where we were in a circle and we were playing and suddenly this magic click happened in my head. And this is after having mm. played with a com- with different competitive bands for like 12, 13 years. I yeah. had never quite heard the ensemble in that way, and all of a sudden mm-hmm. it was like, "Oh yeah, this is a this is a whole thing on another level that I hadn't I hadn't even realized." Which it's ma- it's magic, right? It's like it you is. had ears
1: you didn't know you had. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, and I recognized that what I experienced there was just like a the tip of an iceberg, you know. Uh, it yeah, could, it's not like you ever really reach the end of of uh, the depth and and nuance of music, of course.
1: Now there's no there's no finish line here. Right. I mean, even if you get the spike or get 10 spikes, whatever it's, there's not, there's no end to, to the learning process. Obviously there's always more tunes and more, more things, more connectivity, yeah. which I think is far more important. For sure. And and again, I understand that most people's struggle is time. Most people might be thinking, I, I barely have time to pick up my sticks now, let alone pick up a chanter, right? And again, if that is what your challenge is, I totally understand. And what I would really encourage you to think about is, why am I doing this? Because mm-hmm. if you are achieving your goal, and if your goal is to be able to march parades really well, do some pub crawls, make some good music for your community, then don't sweat it. You know, yeah. just do that. But if you if you have a competitive angle, or if you would like to constantly improve, or there, there's something something more than parade music to uh, satisfy your musical desires, then you just you just need to think about the time committed and how you're using it. And should some of that time be spent doing other
0: musical things for musical growth? Mm. Yes. Yeah, I've heard that Stuart Little is actually a really great snare drummer. Not only that, but also a decent accordion player. He is, man, he's he's phenomenal. Uh, and, and you know, he, he is. I mean, he is a
1: beautiful example of a little bit of snare drum can go a long way for a piper, absolutely. I, do, I, I didn't know that he played accordion, but it certainly doesn't surprise me. Um, he's got a lot of music in him, Super yeah. Liddell, you know what I'm saying? So yeah.
0: I, I'd imagine that some of the hesitation for a piper to pick up sticks or a drummer to pick up a practice chanter might also be just that in their own lane, in their piping or drumming lane, it's been like, you know, I'm taking this to a com- com- competition level. And so it might be, it might be helpful just to say to yourself, you know, well, you know what? I'm now going to pick up this other thing for my own sake, just for fun. There's no pressure here. I'm not, that's right. you know, I don't have to get a snare solo ready by next season. It's exactly like, I do right. need to get a pipe solo ready for next season. So it's kind of a different, different feel. That,
1: that's a hundred percent right. Again, it often boils down to binary thinking. It's either this or that one thing or the other. And, No, that's not what I don't think any logical person would recommend. It is supplement a small amount of your time with something different so you can gain perspective, you can gain contrast, right? Uh, I love with, um, when when I was teaching privately and, and had my own university and high school studios, I loved making Eagle's list of things that can fix anything and I always made it dictated by the students, right? Based on their progress and where we were and what we were learning. But inevitably, one of those things was always practice more.
0: Uh, sure. One of those of things yeah. was
1: also always practice less. Interesting. Interesting. Always. Always. Yes.
0: That, that, that's interesting. I've had that conversation with some students of mine before on, on pipes that like there's, there's some kind of balance where you want some of your practice time to be work or you're never going to get better and you're going to end up not enjoying yourself. But you also... Need some of it to be fun, or you're gonna hate it. You know, you'll end up hating it one way or the other. You want to love it.
1: It's true, and you know, uh, the, these muscles that we're dealing with—whether we're talking about our physical muscles, we're asking our body to do these weird things. It's very specific, or, or or just our our mind. It it really is like when you are trying to work out, as in work out for real, right? Yeah, you have to stress your muscles to a point where they are broken down so they can rebuild the way that you are trying to rebuild them, whatever that may be, it is precisely what is happening when we drum when we pipe when we learn an instrument there are oscillating points of stress and recovery and stress and recovery it is never stress 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 stress, stress, but nor is it always just chill, chill 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 do nothing yeah right there is a balance that balance is in constant flux for all of us uh, it changes all the time, but it is a balance of stress and recovery. And perhaps some of that stress can be changed out for another instrument or just doing something different, for sure.
0: Cool. Now, now, Eagle, it, for you personally as a musician, who is your biggest fan? <laughs> my biggest fan? Yeah.
1: Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> I, I'd like to think that my my uh, my family. Seem to kind of dig what I do. We'd all
0: like to think that, wouldn't we? <laughs>
1: you, you know, I mean, I, I don't want to say cliche things, but I mean, certainly without the love and support of my my immediate family, I wouldn't have the very happy life, both professionally and personally, that I have today. Yeah. And so I, I believe that they are probably my biggest fans, as I am their biggest fans in what they do. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Beautiful. Do you have any um, absolute favorite uh, pipe bands, drummers, etc., to listen to that you just keep going back to?
1: Man i i really admire i really admire um, people who strive for excellence, right? And so, basically, anyone in the grade one and grade two arena fit that, but especially because of the the intimacy that has been necessary to create you know, the Rhythm Monster content and products, I have, I, I've gained an even greater appreciation of the, of the folks who've been able to achieve musical excellence uh, but maintain their composure in their own personal lives, mm-hmm. right? Who are still just amazingly high quality and inspiring people no matter who your criteria is and look we we all encounter disagreements and different perspectives from other people there's a lot of hubbly boo and drama especially when you get way up the competitive chains right but the folks who've been able to not let that affect them personally not not let it override their thought process not let it override or affect their their character their integrity how they respond and treat and perceive other people these are the most admirable people for for me and it's you know reflect what i was saying earlier about a culture being reflective of its music and vice versa i think you can take that down to the individual level just because someone is super talented and worked very hard and achieved a lot of things that that doesn't mean that they have the personal qualities to accommodate the or to coincide with those musical accolades. Mm, sure. Uh, and I, I think because of this, and I, I certainly felt this way prior to the monsters, the monsters reinforced it. You know, I never had great admiration for talent, perhaps because I, 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 honestly wasn't did with much of it. And I'm not saying that to sound like a victim, not at all in exchange for not having just a ton of naturally gifted musical talent. I was able to develop a work ethic and a pedagogy as in a, a mind for teaching mm. that I probably wouldn't have had otherwise. Yeah. And so what I exchange my now, I'm about to be 40 years old in January. Would I exchange 40 years of work ethic um, and the energy that's behind that and now the the pedigree of, of teaching and pedagogy in exchange for more raw natural talent? Hell no. And so, when I see people who are not necessarily like me, but people who, regardless of how much talent they were given because I ultimately don't know right sure. but when i see when I see the character and when I feel the love and the enthusiasm and the heart and desire they have for other people along with that competitive drive, there is no competition at that point. Mm. These are the people that I really admire, and their music I gravitate
0: towards as well, yeah. If yeah. nothing else is a natural byproduct of admiring them, but surely it's also excellent music. Uh, absolutely, if, yeah. I, I think you know there,
1: there's a parallel to be made here in regards to food, right? Food food is love and love is food. Amen you to can that, taste
0: brother. It. You can <laughs> taste it, right?
1: You can taste it, whether it's a bowl of cereal or a, or a five-star ribeye steak. If it was made with love, you can taste it. And yep. I absolutely think that music is the same way. If that music comes from a place of love and understanding and connection, you will feel it. You will shake your booty. You will love it. If it just comes from a place of excellence and execution, it's going to fall short with me. Yes. It's not to say I don't admire, you know, technique and execution and all those other talent-ridden things, but it's not as important to me personally because I don't feel the same way when yes. I hear it versus I, other music.
0: I couldn't agree more. I can think of specific competitions where I have been, you know, in our in our small world, in this specific bat, pipe band lens, where I've heard grade five bands playing that I loved it so much. And a big part of that was that you could just feel, you could tell, that yes. these people love what they're doing yes love each other absolutely you know <laughs>
1: absolutely. And, and i know that at this point it can sound a little cheesy it can sound a little hokey but hey, struggling pipe band out there hey struggling pipe band musician who's always getting grumpy in band rehearsals and complain about this and that give it a try give it a try yeah and see what happens you do not need virtuosity you do not need this ungodly amount of talent to be a good musician or to be in a good band, pipe band or otherwise. Yeah. Don't.
0: So when you, um, when you personally are getting ready for a performance, a competition, mm-hmm. etc., do you mm-hmm. have any, uh, sort of pre-performance ritual that you do, be it with your instrument, your uniform, mentally, uh, spiritually, etc.?
1: That's a good question. My, um... My overall philosophy for me personally, that which I extend to anyone around me and any student I've ever had, is don't make performance unique. When you are playing, you are playing. And it doesn't matter if you're at home in your pajamas or you're in front of a crowd of 50,000 in MetLife Stadium. If you teach yourself, if you groom yourself to be in a routine of, I am playing, nothing else is happening right now then there literally will be no difference between when you're in your pajamas with some beer next to you or you're at Madison Square Garden.
0: Mm. Yeah, here we can start looking at that word play in a slightly different way, playing your instrument, true. playing with toys, etc.
1: It's true. And, you know, the, and here we could also steer into a conversation, again, that's very pipe band specific about words that I hear used in the pipe band community and I think, mm, I think this terminology, this sort of communicating might be part of the problem. The word practice, for example.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Practice is something you do at home and yeah. it's something that, that's very very mechanical, right? You got to work it out. You got to shed. You got to practice. Mm-hmm. Do you, must you practice to be a good performer? Of, of course you do. But when you go to band, that isn't practice. That is rehearsal. And you might think, ah, oh, it doesn't matter. It's just what we say. I, okay, cool. But I think terminology matters and yeah. I think the way we communicate matters. If you call a rehearsal a practice, then of course, you're just going to get a bunch of people together, shedding it out, practicing as opposed to folks. I need everyone to make sure to practice X, Y, and Z at home. So when we show up for rehearsal on Thursday nights, the schedule looks like this and we can accomplish these things.
0: I am sure that this is making our past uh, pipe major, Sean, smile quite a bit because that is something he hammered into the band relentlessly. <laughs> it's it's important, right? And again, for me personally,
1: regardless of ensembles I've been in and the terminology they've used, um, you know, I really do think the key to performance anxiety and, and, and to putting your best out and all of that stuff is to just live in that mental space as often as possible. Perform all the time, not just once every other weekend, anytime you pick up the sticks, anytime you pick up the the ch- Chan or the mallets, you are performing. Even if you're working stuff out, yeah. right. Even if you're shedding, be in that performance mentality as often as possible. It's awesome. It's awesome being in that performance mentality. It's very liberating. It's very, it's very relaxing. It's very exciting. It's very motivating. Yeah. Right. Be in that space as often as possible is the is the best thing that has helped me perform with. I, I mean, endless ensembles of endless styles all over the world, um, playing ridiculous amounts of through composed note for note music, being forced to improv or play on the you know wing it whatever the case may be. Any any musical situation I've ever been in, my truest level of comfort, yes, has to do with preparation whatever that means for the given performance but also how often have i been in this mental space mm, yeah you got to get comfortable in that space get used to being there just live in it yeah. that's
0: exactly right then you won't be afraid of it you just live in it yeah awesome well michael i think that or excuse me eagle uh, a lot of cool <laughs> things come good. out of this i've really enjoyed this a lot and i appreciate you giving the time we are coming up on an hour and i know you've got uh, other things you got to get to um as kind of a Kind of a fade out, sign off kind of thing here. Um, yes. Do you have either any last sort of messages? This 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 episode will post in January. I know that Rhythm Monster is working on a, a rehaul of the website. Anything you want to say about that, and or any words of wisdom or advice that you'd kind of like to sort of sign off the episode with?
1: Well, of course. Any any issue you've had in life, music or otherwise, can easily be solved by subscribing to Rhythm Monster.
0: <laughs> there, it, there, it <laughs> there it is. There it is. <laughs>
1: All personal I, problems
0: have been I, solved.
1: That's right. It's been nice chatting with you all. That's all I got. No, <laughs> no. I, what you're saying is totally correct, James. We, um, we are. Very- very, very excited to launch our end of year three campaign. We always do a big end of the year campaign as we launched in January of 2018. That means our calendar fits to the, you know, just regular calendar, which is great. So our end of year three campaign this year is, yes, we are essentially launching Rhythm Monster 2.0. It is all of the same content. Again, somewhere over a thousand classes at this point and pumping out more every day. Uh, but we are launching an entirely new user experience that allows anyone to better navigate this beautiful world of content we have, but also to create the custom experiences that we feel that everyone deserves. You know, if you are a a Grant Maxwell level monster beast mode drummer, what you want out of Rhythm Monster is not going to be the same as someone who just discovered pipe bands is a thing and always wanted to drum and pipe band drumming sounds cool that individual needs and deserves a different experience. And up to this point, it's been hard to cultivate that custom learning environment, and this new website that we're coming out with will be able to accommodate that. It will still have PadLab, of course. There's over 500-something drum scores on PadLab, and again, pumping out more every day. Live classes, everything you've come to know and love about Rhythm Monster, if you've discovered us so far, there's always gonna be more, 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 more. But now it's gonna be much easier to craft a custom experience and custom online online uh, platform just for you, no matter who you are and what your musical goals are.